born to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands work for change, my tongue sings the sorrow of my heart. The love of Allah combined with hope, let's hold hands as we make a start. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم to our wonderful listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM with your host Muhammad Sheikh. Um, we've hope we hope inshallah that you've had a wonderful week and um, uh, you've tuned into Born to Serve with uh, um, uh, myself and Alhamdulillah this afternoon we have with us two esteemed and honoured guests um, uh, in the likes of Brother Rashad Amra and also at the same time Brother Muhammad Kaji. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. We say a jazakallah khair ahsanul jaza to both of you for, um, uh, you know, taking the time out and being with us on Born to Serve this afternoon. Um, it's very, very unusual uh, for us in our past experience to have two intellectuals at the same time. So it's going to be a bit of a challenge to 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 crack in into those into those brains at the same go. Um, however, we know we, we try our best, inshallah, to to gain maximum out of you know the wonderful contributions which y'all have made for y'all's communities and uh, to perhaps inspire us with our uh, to uh, inspire our listeners. Uh, perhaps we start off with Brother Muhammad Kaji. Um, for our listeners out there, perhaps you could walk us through your life journey. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. It might not be so hard for two of us be, to be in the studio because our lives sort of intersect in and out of them, between uh-huh. them. So we're also good friends Okay. Um, outside of the studio, I guess, and, <laughs> and in life. So uh-huh. I think we both share many thoughts and ideas and mm. challenge each other on them. So inshallah... Um, in terms of my life story, I guess I could tell the listeners that uh, by profession I'm an industrial psychologist. Mm-hmm. So I, I studied a master's in organizational psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently working at ASRI mm-hmm. as the uh, executive director. ASRI is a public policy institute that we've recently launched in May. Voice of the Cape was one of our partner media mm-hmm. organizations for the conference that we held. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of starting at present and moving backwards. Uh, previously, I've, you know, spent quite a decent amount of time in the media space with Al Jazeera. Okay. In Doha, Washington, D.C. and San Francisco mm-hmm. uh, on projects like Al Jazeera Plus. You know, in Washington, I was responsible for managing Al Jazeera's operations mm-hmm. in North and South America. And in Doha, I was very involved in uh, Al Jazeera's communication strategies. So, okay. you know, that's a bit of a... A life story or background mm, well, takes, um, at least takes us about fifteen years back. Fifteen I guess. years back, yeah. I think uh, all the accolades are, are fairly mentioned across media and across different social networking um, uh, tools, etc. Um, uh, my focus is just to slightly streamline that a little bit. Prior to that, fifteen years, uh, growing up into the uh, wonderful home, I'm sure parents that uh, you know have nurtured you, have raised you, and I'm sure you can um, you know owe or um, uh, accredit them with uh, with lots of um, praise for um, you know what you've accomplished up to this day, perhaps. No, definitely. I think all of us um, 
are very much products of our parents mm. and the role that our parents play in our own lives mm-hmm. uh, in terms of instilling the values um, and the spirit. You know, if, if you're talking about born to serve, I think that the, the, uh, the will to serve mm-hmm. uh, on community issues or, you know, even MSAs or, mm. or organizations and so on mm-hmm. is instilled in you from, from your parents and, and from your ustads and people who, who have an impact on your life, especially in those formative years. So, you know, most definitely. And I think Rashad would probably attest to that as well. Mm. Um, you know, I remember encountering myself with Brother Rashad at, a, at an MSA camp, uh, you know, and I'd love to say fortunately. Um, you know, given, given the fact that uh, I introduced the perception in my mind that uh, Brother Rashad is perhaps uh, all will be um, our Minister of Finance in the future. And uh, in studio for our listeners out there, he kind of n- n- not nods his head, but c- disagrees. I'm trying, I'm trying to picture uh, what is it that makes him denounce the fact or the, the ambition of being the Minister of Finance. Perhaps he can walk us through his background. Assalamu alaikum to you and your listeners. Um, so in background, I think Muhammad has touched on mu- much of the similar, uh, we have a similar background in the sense that we came of age in, um, in Islamic work. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and that's you not know, through Allah's mercy, giving us parents whom, uh, who dedicate much of their lives to Islamic work. And I think that should, I mean, Islamic work shouldn't just be a niche of a f- select few. Mm-hmm. It's part of you, the Islamic calling um, as a Muslim. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's, uh, you know, the purpose of Muslims on earth is to spread the message of uh, and the light of, of mercy and service. Absolutely. And that's essentially what Dawah is about. It's not just really inviting people to become Muslim per se, but it's service. Mm. Uh, and that frames uh, a lot of our perspective. And, and I think inshallah we must try and aspire at the, at the very least to to try and fulfill those aspirations mm-hmm. and and you know try and live up to to the examples and you know in 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 salah we say allahumma ghfir li wa li walidayya study and that's you know our parents now teachers and we eternally indebted and we hope that we can uh, live up to that but the, so the, so the msa and the muslim youth movement and islamic work is is mm-hmm. very significant in framing uh what i hope to be my my aspirations because when one can only aspire uh, and so, you know, growing up uh, in the MSA, uh, that was keen in, in my worldview. And then pursue, pursuant to that is ideas of mm-hmm. service and, you know, to use whatever skills and resources and opportunities we mm-hmm. had as students. Yes. Uh, and that led me down the path of, of uh, studying political science, philosophy and economics. Mm. Uh, and then, alhamdulillah, I was fortunate to have pursued that up to uh, a postgrad level uh, um, um, yeah, up to a master's level, and then I, that led me to work for the National Treasury, which mm-hmm. uh, is probably one of the more interesting government departments because it deals, uh, it's a cross sectional approach and deals with different government departments, different mm-hmm. line departments, different issues. Because yes, you can aspire to address social challenges, but if you can't fund it, you can't do it. Oh. And funny, you, you mentioned a moment ago about being Minister of Finance, in essence, uh, Yusuf alayhi salam. Mm. Uh, you know, is handed the keys to the treasury. Yes. Uh, in, in during Egypt's challenging fiscal conditions, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which is essentially what what South Africa faces right now. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, I've I've been in the policy space uh, okay. for quite a few years, uh, both in the executive as well as in the legislature. Masha Allah. So, respected listeners out there, to summarize the 
the, the, the personnel that we have in studio this um, uh, afternoon. Uh, we have we have a a top-notch uh, Muslim economist and uh, accompanying him a uh, or vice versa. We have an industrial psychologist. So when the economy goes down, you know, you need to seek the services of industrial psychologist or vice versa. I'm not sure what the the uh, you know the interlink is in terms of society, but. Um, Brother Muhammad Kaji, you know, we, we generally focus a lot about, a lot on the achievements that we do have, right? Um, or the accomplishments that we do gain from our interactions with society, from our interactions with people, from the involvement in, in, in a community structure such as the Muslim Students Association, etc. Um, you know, in every phase of your life, there has to be some form of motivation some form of inspiration what drives you to serve others uh, it's hard to explain i think mm. the the values that i installed are a driving force right um i think a, a deep belief that it's our responsibility as muslims mm. you know there has to be a deep belief that the reason that we need to do this is because of a, a world to make um, lives of our our wider community and ourselves better because we have the abilities to do it. So, you know, I'm a firm believer that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives all of us gifts. Yes. Um, and at the point in our lives, we realize what that specific gift is. Mm -hmm. um, and then the responsibility is, are you using that gift for good or are you using it for, for yourself and your own sort of personal gain? Mm. Um and the ideal is obviously that you're using the gifts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you for the betterment of society, right? Absolutely. So the betterment of the Muslim community and in South Africa in our context for the wider society because mm -hmm. we don't operate or live in South Africa in isolation. Mm -hmm. um, we live within a multicultural society within which I feel we have a very strong responsibility to our neighbors mm -hmm. and other other groups and other uh, communities that right. are around us and are, are, are communities that we interact with uh, on a regular basis, be mm. it in our homes, be it in uh, in our our businesses or in our professional life. So, you know, that's sort of, for me, um, the feeling or the sense within my sort of mm. uh, self that tells me, you know, use the skills and the abilities mm -hmm. And uh, and the bounties that we we've been given by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala for the betterment of others. Oh, Subhanallah! Indeed, I mean, uh, utilizing the the talents uh, talents beat uh, acquired or innate, something that we're actually born with, and you know, um, uh, improvise as we live our lives for the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and better and the betterment of our uh, community. Um, Brother Rashad, uh, how about you? What, what what motivates you? What what drives you to um, you know, I mentioned. I know you mentioned. Uh, you know, your parents, um, the Islamic background, etc. But I'm sure. I mean, uh, uh, I don't know if it's the wife's threats or anything. But uh, what exactly gives you the kick? You know, you wake up in the morning and today, I'm going to be Superman. I want to change the world. What gives you the drive? We'll start off in qualifying it uh, by saying this: <laughs> I'm very far from from being super, and if we could be just be men, I think that would be great. I mean, mm. in the Arabic language, you make a distinction between male and men. Uh, the word for for male is mudakkar, and the word for man is rijal. Ah, and and rijal is, is a state of being. Uh, you you aren't rijal by by virtue of your anatomy. Or your physiology, you're rijal by by way of arrival, mm. and that means to you know 
provide, to protect, to honor, to be chivalrous, to be brave. Hmm. Uh, and and if, if we were just men, that, that would probably be sufficient uh, for a lot of the issues uh, uh, society faces. And so, so with that being said, there's, there's no claims to being super or being a man. Hmm. One can only aspire, inshallah. inshallah. With, with, with that being said, um, I think um, what is an important motivator uh, at the at the core of it is is being Muslim. Mm. I mean, the prophetic mission is yes. Allah sends the Prophet upon whom be peace uh, as a mercy unto all of creation, mm-hmm. not Muslims, not not human beings, but all of creation. And I think we owe it to to society. And secondly, it's I think we can't live obliviously. I think I may have mentioned this uh, in the past, but we live in one of the most unequal societies mm-hmm. in 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 the world, South Africa. And and in particular, I mean, this is the voice of the Cape, the Cape Town as a city, and the Western Cape mm-hmm. is is a city built on slavery, built mm-hmm. on exploitation, built on, the, built on the degradation of human beings, and mm-hmm. and you know effacement of their humanity. Yes. And the Muslim community has borne the brunt of this, mm-hmm. uh, if you look at the history. And so, I mean, the stark socio-economic realities which which you observe around us. Mm-hmm. Should be a reminder. Absolutely, uh, should be a reminder, and and I think a lot of the injustice starts at with socio-economic injustice. What okay. you see in terms of the abuse of women and substance mm. abuse can be traced to socio-economic realities that people Absolutely. face. Mm. Uh, people, I mean, so so uh, we, we got to look at the, at the core of these of these issues, and mm. I think um, as Mahon mentioned, I mean, you've been given certain, you've been privileged to ha- and 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 entrusted with certain. Yes. Uh, with an education, with the ability mm-hmm. to un- translate and understand what goes on around you mm-hmm. in terms of understanding power, resources, economics. Mm. Um, and that, that, that I think is quite um, useful as a skill set. Mm, understanding power, economics, the struggle behind everything that we face ourselves with. Uh, just hold on to that thought, inshallah. We all go and pay the bills and we'll continue when we come back. Born to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands work for change. My tongue sing the sorrow of my heart. The love of Allah combined with hope. Let's hold hands as we make a start. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Welcome back, respected listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape. With your host, Muhammad Sheikh. Uh, we continue with our discussion with brothers uh, Rashad Amra and Muhammad Kanji of the um, Asri um, organization. Now, for our listeners out there, let's get straight into the, um, uh, you know, into the groove. And let us perhaps, you know, unravel this, 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 uh, this concept, Asri. Uh, you know, I would perhaps just give the, the simple definition or the breakdown of the term. And inshallah, we'll, we'll leave the platform for Brother Muhammad Kaji and Brother Rashad to explain to us, um, you know, with regards to the Awal Social Economic Research Institute. Now, prior, before that, inshallah, we just like for our listeners to understand that um you know, we currently live in a uh, in a country that is a democracy, and Alhamdulillah, compared to many other countries out of the world, we experience such a democracy where we have a freedom to uh, practicing or expression of our beautiful religion of Islam. Now, how this involves policy, how this involves legislature, and um, how this affects the Muslim community of our South Africa or of South Africa. Um, inshallah we'd have more from this with brother brother Muhammad. Brother Muhammad, would you like to perhaps introduce the platform of Asri for us, inshallah? Uh, absolutely, Shukran. 
Um, ASRI is a public policy institute that focuses on purely domestic South African public policy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the specific focus areas that have been sort of, um, I guess, identified as priority at this point in time would be probably five of them. And those are five that actually appeal to all of us as South African citizens, Mm -hmm. regardless of where we are living within the country, be it the Cape or Johannesburg or Cape Town. Mm -hmm. Um, They would be, you know, in no particular order, obviously public education. We're concerned about the quality of public education for Mm -hmm. our our children and our grandchildren, the quality of public health care for ourselves, our parents, you know, our friends and family. Mm -hmm. Uh, nation building we get the sense within society of an increasing racialization and tribalization of our society right uh, unemployment is a huge issue as uh, rashad's alluded to that you know the socioeconomic situation in south africa is that we in one of the most unequal societies in the world mm. um, so unemployment is a huge issue and it's something that should really uh, uh, hurt us in some way where where we see that happening and and crime right, right. Uh, crime and justice mm-hmm. so those five are priority areas that we as South African citizens have mm-hmm. of a concern when we wake up in the morning. And that's the same concern of every single other person right. who, you, who you'd meet, regardless if they're Muslim or, or non-Muslim or mm-hmm. whatever faith or racial group or, and so on. Yes. So ASRI was established as a platform uh, or an institute to start um, doing work in the policy space in terms of how can we... Uh, address some of these problems yes as muslims as as, as south africans in partnerships with other groups not mm-hmm. just muslim groups so right. one of our problems as a community is we become increasingly isolated with the understanding that the more isolated we are the more we'd be able to protect our identity and our our values and our religion but the reality mm-hmm. is actually very different that by by being more active in in wider society by being more active in in issues that are of concern to ourselves as well as you know our neighbors and other communities and other groups mm. we actually strengthen <clears throat> ourselves right um, and it's very much in that sort of vein that ASRI was established to start uh, discussions conversations programs right. activities in terms of public policy the legislative process the political process mm-hmm. as well as to start encouraging um, youth within our communities right. to start following a similar vein of uh, of study as Rashad, for example, yes. politics, economics, because these are the, you know, the humanities are very much the sort of area that influence the future of entire societies. Right. So our parents, you know, you'd have the conversation with your parents and you'll say, mm. I want to go study politics and they'll yes. say, like, why? Mm. But the leadership of our country is led by politicians obviously you know politics that you study at university isn't necessarily the same politics uh-huh, that indeed. you see mm. on the ground but it is the the politics the economics the sociology you know those sort of fields law obviously uh, uh media relations uh media studies those are the ones that actually have the most widespread influence over the way that society evolves so you know that's in sort of a summary, right. the focus of ASRI as a as a policy institute. Oh wow, Subhanallah! Uh, I think I think that's that's basically um, uh, an, a, a sufficient synopsis to to uh, you know to grasp uh, you know a, a an organization that has great aspirations that is involved in our community, irrespective of background, race, religion, etc. Brother Rashad, what, what is the economic focus of ASRI? 
in terms of legislature, in terms of, uh, you know, ties with the government, etc.? If you had to summarize it for the listeners. Okay. I can perhaps comment on what South Africa's key economic challenges are. Right. And um, from, I think Mohammed can uh, comment more authoritatively on Ashri's focus area, but mm-hmm. um, let's start with the latter part of it. I mean, Ashri's focus area uh, with regards to the economy is primarily <coughs> job creation. I right. think that's obviously one of the country's biggest concerns and, 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 and certainly government's um, uh, mm-hmm. focus area is, is on job creation. And then related to job creation is are the, are the challenges of corruption because tra- corruption is obviously, uh, you know, affects service delivery which mm-hmm. then in turn affects the ability of the state to deliver Indeed. and if i mean slows down the process and yes. is a waste of state resources so i think those two would be uh, the key focus areas regarding the economy mm-hmm. um, but if to talk about economic challenges africa faces uh, more broadly and and what we as citizens can do mm-hmm. and as active citizens which i think is incredibly important that uh, is is so, so we already mentioned that Africa is incredibly unequal society. We have mm-hmm. very stubborn unemployment, officially around twenty five percent. That right. means twenty five percent of all people in the country who are of working age who want to ago. want to work, mm. who are looking for work, can't yes. find work. Sure. And then if you include people who want to find who want to work but can't find work and have stopped looking for work, right. it increases to around thirty two percent. Sure, there's almost a third of all working age people who mm. would like to work can't find work. Now that's that's really staggering. Mm. That that is a crisis time, uh, and so job creation is is really important. Once you have created jobs, people have income. They don't. Uh, they aren't only able to take care of basic needs and mm-hmm. have adequate nutrition and and basic human rights, but they also have dignity. Yes. And there's something to be said about ha- the dignity of employment. Mm. You know, for a person to. I mean, there's the hadith that the, the upper hand is better than the lower hand. Yes. And the upper hand is the one that gives. The lower hand is the one that receives. Subhanallah. And mm-hmm. whilst there's no blame in receiving. Mm-hmm. We want to give people dignity and give yes. them the, and, and so so job creation is absolutely critical mm-hmm. and an important driver. And now job creation is a very multifaceted process and right. policy has an important uh, role to play in this. Mm. Policy regarding what type of sectors should we should we try and promote. Right. Education then feeds into job creation. Uh-huh. The, the, the type of infrastructure you have in your country, is it competitive infrastructure? Is it high-speed internet? Is it good roads? Right. Do you have you know low-cost um, but, but efficient electricity supply? Mm-hmm. These are, are important considerations. So policy is multifaceted. All of right. this then feeds into the process of job creation creation. Okay. Uh, and as citizens, we should never just accept after we voted uh, the mm-hmm. current government in power that policy will be the most appropriate for our country to, re- to realize, you know, for instance, mm-hmm. the, right now we're talking about job creation. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, and so uh, our, our engagement with government, our engagement uh, with policy needs mm-hmm. to be organized and needs to be well informed. And I think uh, in this particular case, ASRI has an incredibly incredible responsibility and and has incredible potential Mm -hmm. to play that role. Uh, As a Muslim community, we should be, and I speak, you know, normatively as opposed to positively, because sometimes there's a difference between what we should be doing and what we are doing. doing. Uh Um, We should be offering the moral beacon, the light, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that affects policy, because policy is affecting human beings, it's affecting life. Yes. And life is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the preservation of it is absolutely critical. Mm -hmm. If we go down to the higher objectives of Sharia, known as Maqasid al-Sharia, life, according to many of the scholars, is the primal objective. Mm -hmm. Preservation of life is a primal objective of the Sharia. And giving people dignity, giving people izzah, you know, is important. And so, 
as 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 active citizens as muslims we sh- this should be pr- this should be very a very important part of our focus mm-hmm. and i think asri can do that and perhaps mohammed can can uh, expand on 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 how asri plans to to mm. uh, engage with uh, policy um, in real terms to facilitate the objectives and and the vision Absolutely. Look, uh, you know, you mentioned lots of uh, key words, lots of um, which in themselves are, you know, an explanation on their own. And uh, and I and I really appreciate the fact where you you know you give a concise um, you know a summary for our listeners out there on the basic, the main objectives, uh, the vision, and you know um, where we're heading, where we're heading as a, as a Muslim community in terms of public policy in South Africa, uh, or rather influencing Islamic values within our context uh, of democracy. Previously, you alluded to the fact of Yusuf alayhi salam, right? If we look into the history of Yusuf alayhi salam, when he was appointed the the minister, or whether it was finance or if, of the entire state of Egypt, um, one of the one of the uh, you know vision or one of the um, um, missions which he embarked on was to actually uh, you know plan properly so that in years of drought in years of uh, hardship and uh, you know affliction um, you know there was a form of sustainability that existed the people could survive and uh, my question is um, to brother brother Muhammad uh, in terms of Asri our planning our vision for the future what do we expect for our Muslim community by means of the forming of this organization so um <coughs> In terms of the story of Yusuf alayhi salam, mm-hmm. I'll get to the the answer of yes, yes. Of, of planning. But right. one of the really interesting things about Yusuf alayhi salam was that you know the the policy process was initiated by the dream. Mm. If you think about it that way, the dream was the initiation of the policy yes. process. That mm-hmm. the king asked for him when uh, there was a dream, and you know he was called in front of the king and he gave. The, the, the answer to yes. the interpretation of it uh-huh. and that interpretation of saying you know seven years of bounty and then seven years of or of uh-huh. uh, poverty or of leanness and so on was exactly. effectively a prescription to say as a government they needed to plan accordingly right and and post that yusuf salam said you know appoint me uh, to implement it mm-hmm. so there's a few lessons there the one is plan right and plan well in mm-hmm. terms of uh, based on the resources that you have. And that's why it's very concerning when you look at corruption and the wastage of resources and so right. on. There's so much that can be done as a country when it comes to the resources that we have because our country mm-hmm. sits on a budget of uh, 1.3 trillion rand at the moment, sure. Rashad. Um, so a 1.3 trillion rand budget of a country, mm-hmm. we're not a poor country, there's a lot of money slashing around, Right. Uh, then it becomes an issue of the efficiencies. Is it used for the right reasons and, mm-hmm. and, and to plan accordingly? And then the other issue is the implementation. Right. How do you implement those plans and okay. how do you make them happen? So, you know, taking it to Asri, um, one of my sort of very clear memories of Washington, D.C. when I was there Mm -hmm. was how the democratic process works in Washington. Okay. Um, And how active groups, interest groups, citizens are in terms of ensuring that their communities actually receive what's best for their communities. Mm. Um, So in South Africa, we've unfortunately got into this sort of habit right. of expecting government to do everything okay, uh, and for government to deliver on whatever it should be delivering on. Mm. But as citizens, we don't get out 
of our living rooms into uh, community police forums or mm-hmm. into the library committees or into the school governing bodies. Right. You know, it's always a responsibility of somebody else or a handful of, of community members to go about and do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we're really serious about ourselves as being the the shapers of our societies, mm-hmm. then we, at this point in time, need to really start getting active into our communities right. and into the structures of governance in our communities right. where we can influence what's happening. So, you know, very often when we start talking about policy, it becomes a bit of an ivory tower where people will say, oh, policy, you know, it's like airy-fairy, you can't uh-huh. really touch it, it's a bunch of paper, you you know, churning out reams of right. books and so on. Uh-huh. You know, the the books that your library in your community choose mm-hmm. is based on policy. The money that your library gets in your community is based, based on, on policy. policy. Mm. The the ability for you as a as a citizen to apply pressure to the system right. is immediately through your local community structures, mm. right? And I think that that's something we need to start perpetuating and talking about, that mm-hmm. um, in South Africa at this point in time, we are a 20-year-old democracy, and we have, uh, we're in sort of a bit of a, a turning point mm-hmm. moment in our history. Uh, and one of those turning points is how active is the, the, the broader um, civil society of right. our community is going to be in terms of the next five or ten years. Okay. Um, and so ASRI, the role that ASRI plays in terms of that is, yes, you know, looking at what's happening at the legislatures, look, look at what policies are coming through, mm-hmm. you know, creating discussion and so on around it, but also a focus on civic responsibility. Right. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about our responsibility because, mm-hmm. you know, I think that our our responsibility to hold government accountable comes from our role as citizens in this country. Absolutely. Mm. SubhanAllah, deep, deep, wise words indeed. Uh, or rather, sure, I mean, uh, you know, just listening to all these wonderful points and uh, objectives and this vision of, of, of uh, you know, recognizing our state uh, our status as Muslims in our democratic society and uh, doing something meaningful about it, you know, for the community, for the benefit of ourselves, and more importantly, for the benefit and the preservation of uh, the future ummah that is still to come of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, our future youth, our future generations. Um, you know, Asri is the platform for. Um, uh, you know, development, the platform for motivation, the platform for, um, you know, bringing leaders or inspiring leaders um, such as uh, a wonderful uh, guest in studio with us on Born to Serve. So, uh, respected listeners, subhanAllah, for those of you that have just tuned in now, um, Inshallah, we, we, we are discussing with brothers Muhammad Kaji and brothers Rashad Amra, um, you know, in terms of leadership, in terms of the Asri uh, organization, etc. Uh, inshallah, we'll go for a quick uh, ad break and uh, we'll be back soon. Born to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands work for change, my tongue sing the sorrow of my heart. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. 
Welcome back, respected listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Um, in conclusion, inshallah, with regards to this wonderful discussion on Asri, the Awal Socioeconomic Research Institute, with our honored and esteemed guests, uh, Brother Rashad Amra and Muhammad Kaji, uh, perhaps, inshallah, we could get some um, concluding words from... Um, Brother Muhammad or Brother Rashad, in terms of, uh, you know, a motivation, in terms of some inspiration for our listeners out there and um, di- directed, you know, at every single one from, uh, you know, youth to uh, the more, um, uh, you know, senior folk of society, something inspirational for them, inshallah. Shukran. Um, you know, we are in um, Voice of the Cape studio and uh, I've been fortunate to have lived in, I think, South Africa's. Um, big four cities, uh-huh. uh, and you know, just being in the Cape, Alhamdulillah. For, I mean, we studied here and lived here for for some time now. Right. Um, I think what strikes you is that the history of Islam in the Cape is a history of of Muslim consciousness, mm. meaning the arrival of of, of Sheikh Yusuf uh, Tuan Guru and and many of the the great Muslims who came here in the 17th century right. was essentially. Uh, a a hedge of consciousness mm-hmm. because they opposed oppression. They opposed the VOC, not the Voice of the Cape, but the mm-hmm. Dutch East India Company, <laughs> uh, right. in the seventeenth, seventeenth, in the seventeenth century, they opposed global capitalism, which was you know destroying their lives and livelihoods, mm-hmm. and they stood up as as mujahideen, as ulama, as shuyukh, to oppose oppression, and that's essentially what brought them to this country, mm-hmm. brought them to the southernmost tip of Africa, uh, and 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 that's consciousness, and that's the prophetic mission, the mission of Dawah, the mission of consciousness, mm-hmm. and I think as Muslims. We're, we're, we have no choice but to be involved in the affairs of the day. Right. Islam doesn't sanction any sort of you know, isolationism where we sit and worry mm-hmm. about our masajid and our madaris yes. and we're cool. No, it doesn't work that way. Okay. We have mercy onto all of humanity. And so mm-hmm. the policy space is but one of many spaces, but it's an incredibly important space and a space we've not um, fully um, 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 established ourselves in and engaged on. Mm-hmm. I think post-94, you had a lot of people uh, you know the, the whole hubris of of, of democracy and, and the celebration. We forgot about the fact that uh, there needs to be a healthy tension between community interests and the right. state. And mm-hmm. that's what we have to continue. And I think this platform uh, provides that. And so, inshallah, I think us as Muslims, mm-hmm. uh, people of consciousness, people of of mercy, right. uh, need to respond to to the situation. And we have the state, which is our state. It's mm. our government. We voted for them. We are equal citizens. Right. But we're more than just equal citizens. We are citizens who have so much to offer. We have the the, the mission of mercy, right. of love, of justice. Mm-hmm. I think the, the Quranic emphasis on justice. Yes. Uh, and, and, and justice is next to taqwa. You know, oh, and, absolutely. And so, uh, with, with those words, I think um, it's important for us to get involved in the policy space because, as Muhammad mentioned, it comes down to us. Right. I mean, if you look at, I mean, Voice of the Cape is located in Salt River. Mm-hmm. Why does Salt River not have any trees? But but you walk a hundred meters in the opposite direction, you go into observatory. There are mm-hmm. trees and clean parks. Subhanallah. So Salt River has got potholes, mm-hmm. right? But no trees. Right. You go further down into into Claremont, and you look at the quality of 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 the amenities over there. Right. That is policy at a domestic level. Mm-hmm. Look at it at a national level. Yes. Similar stories mm-hmm. because we have to engage in policy. Subhanallah. Engaging in policy. So Subhanallah. We have a stream of SMSs coming in, but uh, unfortunately, um, uh, perhaps maybe we might take one. 
one one SMS, uh, inshallah. Um, uh, seeing that our guests actually have to leave, um, they've got a flight to catch, inshallah. So we don't want to hold them back, uh, you know, given the inspiration that they've shared with us today. But inshallah, we'll take, we'll mention this SMS. Um, uh, comes from Brother Thabit who mentions, uh, Salams all. Can your educated guests please shed light on how we as a Muslim community should approach next year's local elections? Ah, <laughs> the chat's pointing at me is like, uh, <laughs> that one's yours. <laughs> um, I think that. With the local government elections, right. the um, it's probably going to be in May, from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's important to to look at local government elections from the context of our immediate communities, right? And the need for for accountability in general. So, mm-hmm. so the theme that we're talking about today, and you know that I guess we've I've been talking about with a lot of different roundtables and groups and so on, mm-hmm. is the essence of active citizenship. Right. right? Um, I wouldn't sit on a on a platform and encourage one party over the other. I okay. think that the the starting point that we must start at is that society and citizens have to be actively organizing around the issues that they care about. Okay. Right. And they need to actively organize to put pressure on government, regardless of which party they come from, right. put, part, put pressure on the councillors, regardless of which party they come from, mm-hmm. for the benefit of that community. Okay. Because the issues in general are going to be as the five that I've mentioned, which mm-hmm. is, you know, public education, right. public health care, mm-hmm. the, the issue of unemployment, yes. right? The resources that the state has mm-hmm. in terms of national government, provincial government, as well as city government right. are resources that are given to them by taxpaying citizens. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And if we take that view mm-hmm. that all of these governments, regardless of which party they're in, because I'm cognizant that we're in the Western Cape, which is uh, both provincially and, and as a city run by the Democratic Alliance, yes. you can't take the view that because the city is run by one party or the other, mm-hmm. you're not going to engage with it. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. The reality is that as soon as the government is elected from whichever party, yes. they should be representing all of the citizens. Correct. And if you have a situation where the party is favoring a specific group or um, a constituency right. over another, then the constituency that feels aggrieved needs to actively organize around it to make sure that they interests and resources are directed towards what are the priorities for them as a group. So, Mm -hmm. you know, this goes back to my experience in terms of mature democracies like the UK and the US and so on. Mm -hmm. Every single interest group or community group or issue group will actively organize around an issue and put pressure on all levels of government, Mm. whichever one that they feel is most appropriate for that issue, to, to... uh, take up the issue. Traditionally, our approach has always been an approach of um, organizing protests, organizing marches, yes. giving petitions, and mm-hmm. so on. And the policy approach is actually sort of a level above that. So you have okay. your advocacy approach, which is to mobilize public opinion around an issue, mm-hmm. but the policy approach ultimately is what results in money and budgets being allocated. Okay. If you're protesting around an issue mm-hmm. as a community, and I'm trying to get practical here so people understand right. and listeners can, can follow me, and Rashad can also add because he's you know, spent time both in the executive and in parliament, that mm-hmm. you know, take, for example, if you, to use a universal issue, say 
Pox right. is a is an issue for yourself as an individual, mm-hmm. and you feel very strongly that parks should be upgraded for the benefit of the kids in our community. Correct, right? Mm-hmm. And you go mobilize the community. You have a march. You have a petition, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few months down the line, council is busy considering a bill on on city parks. Okay, but you're not present. You haven't read the bill. You didn't even uh, make a make a, a representation to council about it. Right, and you disagree with it, and council uh-huh. passes the the bill. Mm. Then it's actually your fault, right? Right, because mm-hmm. the fault is that you mobilize the tension around right. the issue. Council quite possibly raised that onto the agenda because of your advocacy around mm-hmm. it, and now when the actual decision around budget and 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 uh, and programmatic implementation and so on happens. You're absent from the hearings. You're absent from the mm. uh, the the process, which is the gears of government that are moving ahead. Mm-hmm. So that area is an area that we've historically been neglected. Mm. And every single Rashad will tell you this. Every single thing that government does has to go through a legislature somewhere. Right. It has to go through a city. It has to go through a province, or it has to go exactly. through uh, the national assembly. Mm. Which Cape Town is is lucky because they have three of them in one city, right? The rest <laughs> of us have to travel between cities to 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 get to the legislatures. But uh-huh. I think that starting to monitor the legislatures, mm-hmm. starting to send people to make representations, right. starting to write in mm-hmm. and to mobilize around specific legislation, be mm-hmm. it a local government one or national and so on, is critically important for us to start building that capacity within the community. Definitely. And it doesn't need me to say you should do it or, you know, if there's an issue that's of concern to you as uh-huh. a person, yes. if you are very concerned about parks or you're very concerned about public education or public mm-hmm. healthcare, then start an interest group and start organizing around it and start going to council and start making submissions and right. make sure that these things start going on the agenda mm-hmm. uh, and then use the media like the the either the Muslim mass media like Voice of the Cape and so on and other media organizations right. to amplify what it is that you're trying to raise awareness about. And that's what active citizenship is about. Mm. Active citizenship is about taking issues that are concerned to you as a person and saying, I have expertise in this. I'm going to organize others around me to to take an interest in it. Oh, subhanAllah. Indeed. Uh, what I gather in summary, self-responsibility, mobilization, and seeing the job finish to the end is what I can, uh, you know, this wonderful manner and uh, uh, your personal representation that you've given to us, um, uh, you know, for... Uh, uh, this 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 show born to serve Subhanallah and um, I'm I'm chuckling here because uh, you know uh, just keep in mind for our listeners out there you know brother <laughs> brother uh, Muhammad has to uh, get onto a flight soon and Subhanallah we really would like to you know tickle his conscience and gain as much of his experience as well as brother Rashad but unfortunately uh, I think the time has lapsed and we say a grateful heartful thanks to brother Muhammad as well as brother Rashad for availing yourselves and being part of born to serve Muslim leadership program uh, you know recognizing leaders in society leadership organizations a big jazakallah khair ahsan jazak to both of you may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take you from strength to strength personally in personal growth and asri as well as all leadership leadership structures um, and organizations inshallah assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh assalamu alaikum assalamu alaikum okay, respected listeners inshallah we'll go for a quick ad break and we'll be back soon stay tuned serve my eyes justice my hands work for change my tongue sing the sorrow Alhamdulillah.
Welcome back listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. Uh, Alhamdulillah, we've discussed a lot this afternoon with regards to policy, with regards to uh, involvement that we can make in our society. And um, in summary for our listeners that have perhaps just tuned in, um, basically the simple steps that you can take to make a difference in society is to have self-responsibility first, you know, um, being a responsible citizen. Thereafter, um, should there be an issue, should there be something of concern to actually, uh, you know, mobilize interest, mobilize support, petitions, etc. And thereafter, uh, you know, uh, lastly, to attend, uh, you know, public legislative sessions, to attend council meetings, etc. Basically, see the job um, you know, to the finish. So, in summary, again, uh, you know, self responsibility, mobilization, and seeing the final product and not just stopping halfway in between, you know, and sitting content thinking that things will happen on their own. And we learned this from the various uh, leadership lessons of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Where prior to any battle, for example, the Prophet ﷺ would consult with the Sahaba, would have council uh, meetings, وشاورهم في الأمر. And after that, when Allah subhanahu wa taala would inspire his heart, would um, make his decision or his, uh, you know, uh, his decision firm. Uh, thereafter, placing his trust in Allah subhanahu wa taala, executing the plan towards battle on how to overcome the enemy, and also thereafter making sure that it reached the end. End not. Necessarily meaning winning the battle and sharing the booty, no, but focusing on expansion, focusing on progress. And similarly, in our lives, you know, there isn't a limit to the amount that we can achieve, um, be it in terms of, uh, you know, academic knowledge, be it in terms of um, Islamic knowledge which we seek out. Uh, you know, there isn't a limit in which we can, uh, you know, put ourselves at the juncture that I've achieved enough. There isn't enough. You can always put yourself forward and, you know, um, become the best that you can be in society um we also learn from the, the leadership lessons of, of, of the Sahaba Ikram radiallahu anhum. You know, each Sahabi with a particular forte, you know, expanded or went deep into his forte. If the Sahabi radiallahu anhu was very skilled at uh, poetry, you know, he would, he would use the, um, uh, his skill, he would use his, uh, his acumen, uh, towards, uh, you know, creating and composing the best of, um, poetry in the praises of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Example that comes to mind is Zayd bin Thabit radiallahu anhu and seeing that one of our listeners by the name of Thabit his, uh, his name ca- uh, came to mind um, so definitely uh, you know excelling in what you set out to do uh, and also not putting a limit to yourself to your abilities to your capabilities um, respected listeners we also learn um, you know in the history in the life lessons of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam that in every in our personal lives our personal legislature our personal um, you know law that we uh, live by is our beautiful deen of islam and that is upholding the the quran and the sunnah beautiful lifestyle beautiful traditions of nabi muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and that is our ropes that is our uh, you know our, our our means of ultimate support in coming closer to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ultimately living 
for the hereafter, living for the for the akhirah. Respected listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape, we've had a wonderful interactive discussion. We've had a completely uh, outstanding session on uh, our program, Born to Serve, featuring leaders of the past, the present, and uh, recognizing individuals' contribution to society. We hope, inshallah, that you've had, uh, you know, a, a wonderful anecdote and have learned something from our session today. And we ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps you safe, keeps your family safe, keeps the entire ummah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam safe. Give us the ability to continue practicing our religion of Islam freely, um, express ourselves freely, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ultimate success, Jannatul Firdaus, Bighayri Hisab, without accountability. From our producer, Sister Zufa Pran, um, our, uh, our main engineer behind the, behind the sound control, Buta, um, uh, Buta Ismail, and your host, Muhammad Sheikh. Keep safe, keep steadfast on deen, and keep us all in your du'as. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.